0: In this episode of Newt's World, The World We Wish is a novel that follows the character Hui Zhenxiao, China's architect of artificial intelligence, who sees the metaverse as a new world to conquer. It's a fictional story, but it could mirror real life. And I thought it would be really intriguing to discuss the world of artificial intelligence and what we all ought to understand about it. So I'm really pleased to welcome back my guest, author John Moody. John has lived and worked in New York, Moscow, Paris, Bonn, Warsaw, Mexico, Costa Rica, and Rome, among other places. He helped start the Fox News Channel, and he's joining me today to discuss his new novel, The World We Wish, which is a sequel to his novel, Of Course They Knew. By the way, I thought Of Course They Knew was a remarkable novel that gave you very logical, very plausible insights into the whole development of covid I thought John would be particularly insightful and helpful. John, thank you for joining me again on Newt's World. Always a pleasure, Newt. Thank you for having me. Talk just for a minute about your decision to put all this in the context of fiction, even though you have an enormous amount of background data.
2: I was determined to use real-world information that is available to many people. You don't have to be a spy. You don't have to wear a trench coat to get hold of this stuff. There are about a 100 English-language websites and chat rooms in China itself, and they can be accessed. So I wanted to keep it real. I also wanted to protect the people who had been good enough to share information with me. And I certainly didn't want to put any of them in the crosshairs of the Chinese Communist Party, which does not like dissenting views and it certainly doesn't like meddlesome Americans.
0: Tell us a little bit about the rapid rise of artificial intelligence, which really begins I guess around nineteen fifty with Theseus, a small robotic mouse that was developed that could navigate a pretty simple maze and remember the course. But since then, there's been continuous effort across a broad range. Chat with us about what you see. In the rise of artificial intelligence.
2: I think that artificial intelligence has the potential to be what electricity was in the early 20th century. The world changes when you start to get your ideas, get your, intel- get your knowledge, make new discoveries, and it's all inside a machine. What you're doing is pushing the buttons on the machine or whatever the current mode of control is. Artificial intelligence, you're correct that it began... In its infancy in the 1950s, it has, in the past 20 years, I would say, developed in such a fast and unpredictable form that the world, by and large, we don't know what artificial intelligence can do. We know some of the breakthroughs that have taken place, but the potential, and this is what I worry about in my book, the potential for using artificial intelligence for control of people, control of entire societies, in fact, is very, very real. Many of the American experts, I use that term expert with some disdain, but many Americans who know about artificial intelligence tell us that there is some danger to it, but then continue on with their research as though everybody is united in a good cause and want to share information with each other pretty much the way school kids used to share their homework. That's not what's going on in China. China is determined to use its vast, almost insurpassable advantage in artificial intelligence research and applications to gain control of the world.
0: When Zuckerberg says he thinks there'll be a time when we'll live most of our lives in the metaverse, what does he mean by that, and do you think that's plausible?
2: Well, I'm going to stand back and hold my arm out and say, you go first, Mark. The metaverse began in a rather clunky fashion. Cartoon characters, simple games that could be played, pretend visits to cities like Paris or Beijing, for that matter. I tried it once a couple of years ago, put one of those headbands around me. You know, it makes you look like a platypus. But it suddenly had me up in the air, and I was very uncomfortable with it. And I ended up on my bottom, on the floor, saying, what just happened? I know I'm not the most adventurous sort, perhaps, but the metaverse, even then, when I was trying it, those headsets do betray you. They fool your brain. They make you think you're someplace else. Now, the recent developments that I'm hearing about taking place in China are, to my mind, quite horrifying. Just the other week, Apple, which has a medical division, announced that it had perfected a microscopic robot, which could be inserted into the bloodstream to attack specific cancerous cells. And if so, then God bless them. It would be great to be able to have an effective tool against cancerous cells. The idea, though, that it would be injected into your bloodstream is not solely the territory of Apple. The Chinese are already trying to use microscopic and submicroscopic robots to inject into humans to put them in the metaverse without the use of any kind of visual headband or pretend stuff like that. They want people to get in the metaverse and really live, as Zuckerberg rather dangerously said, live most of their lives there because it's easier to control them.
0: The technology I played with 10 years ago Is pretty old by the current standard, but it felt very artificial and didn't particularly offer any great net advantage. I mean, Zoom offers a net advantage or group meetings offers a net advantage, but that's actually just enhancing humans. It's not in any significant way replacing them.
2: Absolutely right. The difference between those forms of communication and the metaverse is that you can be or pretend that you are whoever you want to be in the metaverse. The term used to be avatars. You look like Brad Pitt or Marilyn Monroe or something like that. Good luck. But that term has gone into disuse and actually disdain now. People refer to themselves as their quins. And the quins is short for quintessential. You are at your very best. You are everything you had ever hoped for. And that is how you present yourself to the rest of the metaverse. There are much more sophisticated games and situations into which you put yourself and you have to pay real money, sometimes cryptocurrency, and that's another story, to stay in these situations with other quins. And I've now read stories of things that are being done in China that are not publicized where you become the virtual, and I use this term with a certain amount of trepidation, where you become the virtual slave of another member of this situation where you have put yourself. It's troubling, it's certainly politically incorrect, but that's what's going on in China, and that's just a test case because they have about seven billion people that they'd like to put in exactly that situation.
0: I've always been a strong believer in the importance of investing wisely. That's why I've personally invested in Legacy Precious Metals. At Legacy Precious Metals, they're not leaving your financial future to chance. They're on a mission to help you secure your financial future post-retirement. In partnership with them, I'm thrilled to announce the launch of the Newt Gingrich Contract with America coin. This limited edition coin is made of one ounce of 99.99% fine silver, commemorating the historic moment when... Against all odds, we balanced the budget for the last time in U.S. history. This coin isn't just an investment. It's a piece of our nation's history. And now you can own it. As the holiday season approaches, it's the perfect gift. You can purchase yours today by calling 866-484-4043. That's 866-484-4043. Or order online at newtgingrichsilvercoin.com.
1: a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app.
0: Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk, John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy A massive amount of artificial intelligence data analysis, for example, for facial recognition. And that the degree to which they track people is astonishing. But that's in a sense enhancing your knowledge of the real world as opposed to an artificial world. And as part of that real world thing, I want to bring up something which has become a much hotter topic in the last few weeks. And that is the role of TikTok in all of this. TikTok has a whole series of built in devices that allow the Chinese communists to track and identify Americans on a scale that we would have thought was an absolute violation of our civil liberty if our own government was doing it.
2: Certainly, if our own government was doing it, there would be a lot more said about it and a lot more caution and probably a lot more protest. Look, Newt, TikTok is owned by a Chinese company. The Chinese company reports to the Communist Party of China. The Communist Party of China is China. I worry intensely, really. Americans used to be common sense people. We used to enter new situations with a certain caution, even a certain skepticism, because we wanted to make sure that we were doing something both good for us and not dangerous. We've become a soft people that just assume that we have rights, and that assumption includes anything that's on the market, anything that they can buy, they just assume is safe. Someone must have looked at this. Someone probably knows that it's safe, da-da-da-da-da. And the unfortunate thing is, as soon as you sign into TikTok, and I fully admit I have not done so, but as soon as you sign into TikTok, you're giving away certain information. Among other things, your location. And that is transmitted right back to its storage center, I don't know where that is, by the way, but I believe it's in China. And every dance that you video yourself doing, every conversation that you have with somebody else that you put into your TikTok file, these are all recorded. These are all kept on file. And they can be used in any way, not just that TikTok wants to use them, but that Xi Jinping and the Communist Party want to use them. We're letting ourselves be fooled on the assumption that because it's cool right now to be on TikTok, it's also safe.
0: I mean, would you join those who think it ought to be banned?
2: Absolutely. I think Governor Nome did exactly the right thing, leading the way, saying that no State Department of South Dakota can use TikTok. I believe that Governor Abbott in Texas has just followed suit in that. Yes, politicians and government leaders can only restrict the things that government websites and government employees do. They can't just single-handedly ban people from doing it. That would take an act of Congress. It might even take something brave coming from the White House. But I don't think President Biden's is going to want to infuriate that many young voters by telling them that their favorite toy is no longer available.
0: Couldn't you create an American parallel? I mean, it's just technology. It's just technology. It
2: has to be received by its audience. And you can't generalize on anything, but I think most TikTok users are with due respect, Mr. Speaker, younger than you and I, and they think it's cool. It's the fad. It's the current. It's the pet rock of the 2010 and 2020 generation. And it might produce great quality videos of people dancing and hanging their tongues out and saying incautious things. But don't ever believe that it then gets deleted after 10 hours. It doesn't.
0: One of the things I've noticed about China is a increasing number of articles arguing that artificial intelligence will revolutionize warfare, which I suspect is true, although I don't fully understand it. How do you see that playing out?
2: I do offer a slight insight into how it could be used in this new book, The World We Wish, where drones have been turned over to the control of artificial intelligence. The problem with letting AI control the drones, especially if they're weaponized, is there is no sense of balance. There is no idea of mercy. There is no idea of, excuse the term, overkill. And there's a scene in the book where exactly what you fear might happen, happens. Because artificial intelligence is so powerful and is becoming so sophisticated, so quickly sophisticated, it's almost inevitable that it's going to be used in warfare And, of course, we're seeing drone warfare now in Ukraine on both sides. Drones are killing people. They might be controlled by humans for now, but that doesn't mean that they always will be. There's going to be a computer or an AI program that is smarter than humans, and that'll be
0: used. I was very struck in the last few days that the Ukrainians apparently are now manufacturing their own drones and have actually started hitting targets inside Russia.
2: It's just one more tribute to a people that have been underestimated for a very long time and are now showing themselves to be heroic in ways that I wish Americans could easily say we are too.
0: We underestimate the innovation potential. The Chinese in July launched the first artificial intelligence operating ship, which was an unmanned carrier capable of launching dozens of drones. It's named the Zhuhayun and it navigates autonomously. It's 290 feet long and 45 feet wide, 20 feet deep. And you look at that and then you think about the size of our nuclear-powered aircraft carriers. Three or four of these, which are pretty cheap, filled up with drones could well be an overmatch for an aircraft carrier.
2: I think that's entirely true. Aircraft carriers, though very powerful tools of war, are somewhat outdated and drones are just beginning to show their potential as weapons of war. The particular drone carrier that you referred to, I've seen stuff about that, it reminds me of the early Star Wars movies. George Lucas used to start every movie off with this incredibly huge spaceship coming into the picture, dominating the picture. It almost awed the audience just by the size and scope of it. I think that's what we're going to be seeing with drone carriers They will be so large and be able to send out so many drones, most of them armed, that our idea of how safe we are on an aircraft carrier might change for the worse very soon.
0: I'm struck on three fronts. One, that our education system is now so bad that I don't quite see how we successfully compete in the world of artificial intelligence. Two, that our military procurement is so slow and bureaucratic and cumbersome. I don't see how we keep up with the scale of change. And three, that this really requires a fundamental, just as the rise of airplanes or the rise of vehicles like tanks, this is going to require a really fundamental rethinking of all of our doctrines and all of our assumptions, because not just the physical kinetic kill kind of thing where you have a drone or you have an autonomous tank. I mean, I think sooner or later, somebody, for example, is going to close down all of our ATMs. And Americans faced with 48 hours with no cash are going to suddenly be really unhappy.
2: It could probably happen at any minute, Newt. And we've seen some attacks. Apparently, they were domestic attacks on the electrical infrastructure in South Carolina, which knocked them out for a while. That's just a child's game. What the Chinese probably, and I don't have absolute evidence of this, but what they are probably working on are attacks against our infrastructure, exactly like the kind that you mentioned exactly like the kind that Russia is trying to put out of reach for Ukraine. These need not be missile strikes. They could be done by a computer. They could be done by an AI operator that is thinking thousands of times faster and wider than any human could ever hope to. And when the Chinese begin to do that, whether they think that that's the right way to get us to let them have Taiwan or whether they are just tired of carrying our debt, or whether they want to see just how good their military is. Remember, President Putin thought his military was unstoppable, and he's now found out different. The Chinese don't want to make that mistake. The electrical grid and the energy grid of the United States might be a very appealing target.
0: There's a whole range of things that are, I think, pretty sobering. We're far too relaxed and far too self-reassuring for the scale of danger that's coming down the road.
2: I absolutely agree. The generation of my grandparents, which goes back now, you know, to the early 20th century, I remember hearing stories about how they would go out and hunt their food. They would have hens that laid eggs in their own garage. These are the kind of things that Americans scoff at now and just say, oh gosh, you know, hillbillies. It might be the future, not just the past. If we don't understand that there are challenges to our way of life, Americans have to grow up. We have to become adults as we used to be and understand that the world is a tough place. It is not full of our friends and supporters and lovers. It is a place where we are in many ways and many places hated. And we are prime targets for destruction if we don't rethink the way we look at the rest of the world and get a little bit of adulthood in us.
0: Throughout history, there are clear moments that define our nation's path, and now you can own a piece of that history. I am thrilled to announce the Newt Gingrich Contract with America coin from Legacy Precious Metals. My limited edition, one-ounce silver coin commemorates the historic victory in 1994 when the Republican Party, under my leadership, took control of Congress. The Newt Gingrich Contract with America coin also symbolizes the transformative political platform. led to landmark achievements like the overhaul of the welfare system and the Balanced Budget Act. This holiday season, give the gift of history. The Newt Gingrich contract with America coin is more than an investment. It's a tribute to honest government and to America. Available to order right now by calling 866-484-4043. That's 866-484-4043. Or order online at NewtGingrichSilverCoin.com. That's NewtGingrichSilverCoin.com.
1: CNN underscores Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep.
2: Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree.
0: What led you to decide to follow up with The World We Wish? Well, thank
2: you for asking. Without any self-congratulations, I had so much information in putting together Of Course They Knew. A lot of it I just couldn't use. Nobody wants a 1,200-page book. I'm not Hillary Mantle. And I wanted to continue the story of at least three of the characters that I introduced in Of Course They Knew. I've done that. Their stories were interesting enough to me that I thought they were worthy of continuation. And then as I learned more and more about China's artificial intelligence advantage over the rest of the world, and it's not just over the United States, it's over the entire rest of the world, we might truthfully might never be able to catch up. And so I wanted to introduce that threat, by which I mean a literary threat, so that readers take it seriously and begin to understand that We're in a tough spot right now, and we need to react like the superpower that we are. And never mind all this talk about, well, you know, is it racist to be against China? Is it this or that? China's not our friend. And I wanted to make that point very clearly. I also have a good piece of the book devoted to what they're doing to the Uyghur minority population in China. They are effectively committing genocide against these Muslim minorities in their own country. I wanted to make people understand that the forces against which we are trying to protect our country don't care whether they're doing the right thing or not. They don't care the American Civil Liberties Union is going to give them a prize. They don't care about anything except winning.
0: The guy who's the personification of that is Xi Jinping, the current dictator of China. He keeps using the term socialism with Chinese characteristics. What do you think that means? Well, when I first
2: heard it several years ago, it was almost intended as a philosophic statement. Not knowing as much about it as I do now, I tried to look into it and see what that meant. Clearly, socialism is a sacred word in China under the Communist Party. And what I think Xi Jinping was trying to say is, we are socialists, but we are also not opposed to making money. We are not opposed to having the Chinese elite, as long as they remain loyal to the party, turn into billionaires. We aren't opposed to having a middle class that earns decent money, again, as long as they toe the line and don't cross us. So what I came away with is socialism with Chinese characteristics is whatever I tell you to do, do it. That's socialism with Chinese characteristics, according to Xi Jinping.
0: There's a quote. I was actually surprised he said this. At the beginning of the 20th Congress, the Chinese Communist Party, which occurred in October, he said, and I'm quoting him, Marxism is the fundamental guiding ideology upon which our party and our country are founded and thrive. Our experience has taught us that at the fundamental level, we owe the success of our party and socialism with Chinese characteristics to the fact that Marxism works, particularly when it is adapted to the Chinese context and the needs of our times. The sound theoretical guidance of Marxism is the source from which our party draws its firm belief and conviction, and which enables our party to seize the historical initiative. Close quote. Now, that to me, given my own background studying Lenin and Stalin and the Soviet side, and then studying Mao, this is as clear an affirmation of them remaining a communist, literally a Stalinist system. As you could ask for. I don't see how anybody can read that and not understand. This guy is not a moderate. He's not about to be friendly to us. And he believes deeply in a radically different vision of how the world works.
2: Yes, that's correct. I think that there was always the hope among China watchers that Xi Jinping would continue the liberalization of the economy, if not of its politics, in China and that he would, in a sense, inherit the mantle from Hu Jintao, his predecessor. We saw what happened to Mr. Hu at the party convention a couple of weeks ago. He was led out and has not been seen since. Xi Jinping is more of a Maoist than any Chinese leader since Mao Zedong. And he believes in control. If I knew the words in Chinese, I'd say them. He's a control freak. He cares about maintaining power. He cares about the party that he has put together and reshaped maintaining power. If he wants to salute Karl Marx, great. If he wants to salute Stalin, he certainly is in line to be the closest thing to Stalin that we've ever seen. And I think that his devotion to any one political system is skin deep. He just wants to make sure that things go the way he wants. And among those things are rejoining Taiwan to the mainland being recognized as an equal, if not superior, power to the United States, and being the provider of most of the world's manufactured goods, which, unfortunately, China is right now. And I think there are some steps being taken to try to rectify that. But Xi Jinping is a complete, ultimate, unquestioned, and unforgiving dictator.
0: He's somebody who has invested massively... And using artificial intelligence, both for domestic policing and for penetrating worldwide and creating military capabilities designed to outstrip everybody else. The interaction between Xi Jinping's authoritarianism, or actually totalitarianism, and his investment in artificial intelligence, to me, is doubly sobering.
2: The last semi-legitimate estimate that I have heard, again, from someone who is brave living in China and will communicate on certain terms with me, is that the Chinese investment in artificial intelligence so far is approaching $1 trillion, that it is only just beginning, and that if Evergrande and the rest of the real estate market in China has to fall apart, in order to provide money for artificial intelligence research and application, she is perfectly capable of that. He wants control. I believe that because it's a complicated idea of artificial intelligence, most people just say, oh, yeah, it's when the computers are going to take over, and we'll all do what they say. These are literally exactly what is coming down. And for freedom-loving Americans and patriotic Americans who spend their time buying Chinese made, excuse my words, crap on Amazon, and then just say, well, it's the only place I could find it. You know, grow a pair and try to look for alternatives to Chinese made goods. You're not doing your country a service if you buy thousands of dollars of Chinese goods every month.
0: I think it's a very sobering thing. And I think your new novel, The World We Wish, is such a vivid explanation of artificial intelligence. And I hope that everybody in the new Select Committee on China will read both of your books and have you in for a meeting and a discussion.
2: From your words to Washington's mind, we'll see. I'm working on the end of the trilogy now. With luck and God's help, it'll be out next year.
0: That's great, and we would look forward to you joining us again and keep bringing us up to date on your thinking at that point. I really want to thank you for joining me. Your new novel, The World We Wish, really does take readers inside the stark realities of the Chinese Communist system. And I think that they will enjoy reading it. We're going to have both of your novels on our show page at Newt's World. And I want to thank you for joining me on Newt's World.
2: Newt, thank you. I learn new stuff every time I'm with you. Take care.
0: Thank you to my guest, John Moody. You can get a link to buy his new book, The World We Wish, on our show page at newtsworld.com. Newt's World is produced by Gingrich 360 and iHeartMedia. Our executive producer is Garnsey Sloan. Our producer is Rebecca Howell and our researcher is Rachel Peterson. The artwork for the show was created by Steve Penley. Special thanks to the team at Gingrich 360. If you've been enjoying Newt's World, I hope you'll go to Apple Podcasts and both rate us with five stars and give us a review so others can learn what it's all about. Right now, listeners of Newt's World can sign up for my three free weekly columns at gingrich360.com newsletter. I'm Newt Gingrich, This is Newt's World. Ever thought about owning a piece of history? Introducing the Newt Gingrich Contract with America coin from Legacy Precious Metals. My limited edition silver coin celebrates the historic Republican victory in 1994, marking a turning point in American politics. Give a gift with real historical weight this season. Order now at com. That's com.
2: Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media. But now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo.